Alrighty, this week's Sportsgasmic Pod brought to you by no one yet. Um, just the usual intros that we do with um, just plugging the Instagram, Twitter, at it's Sportsgasmic and uh, Facebook pages to just keep your eye on, really. Um, working on things there yeah, uh, with the website and everything, so soon to still soon to come, but there will be stuff coming. So um, just keep an eye on all that stuff if you're interested. Um, and yeah, keep listening to the pod. We appreciate all the love. Um, keep an eye out for Shay's three points clear stuff. Um, I think he's at ShayCalsonQU on Twitter is the one that he's using for his um, professional stuff with um, his um, master's studies and whatever else. So, uh, yeah, that's about it from me. Oh, yeah, apart from the fact that I did. We do have one small interruption about 16 minutes into the pod. Nothing major, just like I usually push the keyboard away from where I'm like kind of leaning while I'm recording and chatting to Shay and I didn't push it like to where I usually do and I leant on a button and stopped the recording which it just kind of stopped at a, at a point where we were just finishing up our NBA uh, China chat so not a huge deal it just it just we just had to um go work out what we talked about for the last two minutes before I realized then go back and just start again so um yeah nothing major but you'll just hear a little interruption there and then from then on it's still just um, it's just uh, all smooth sailing for the rest of the pod so yeah all good this one big NBA preview pod coming up so yeah, without any further in interruption until I interrupt again, let's get into it. Sportsgasmic pod coming at you for another week. Share on the line, as per usual, the last yeah. few weeks. Um, rock I need out. to come up with an intro. Every time I listen to the pod back, I'm just like awkwardly say hello. <laughs> I mean, that's an improvement because you were like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to. Was David. I'll yes. I'll start introducing you, maybe. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Like, I'll be like, this is Shay. And then you'll be like, this is Dave. And, and Andrea will appreciate that because you referred to me as David instead of Dave. So. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> You're rocking a very uh, Gardner Minshew-esque uh, mustache right now. I am. Uh, or Uncle Rico either. I'm or. sorry to lose my mind in Connecticut. So <laughs> anything to keep, I don't know. We talked about me possibly being the Joker uh, last last episode, maybe. Maybe that was off air. I think that was, that, during, text, that, was, that was during text. Uh, I, <laughs> you just, I'm sure alcohol was involved, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but yeah. Slowly losing my mind out here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mustache and everything. Yeah. Well, unless you're dancing in bathrooms after shooting some dudes, I think you're okay. Yeah, not. Yeah. I'm against the Second Amendment. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're fine. <laughs> you're going to lose your mind in the good old fashioned, normal way where we just lose our minds and, I don't know, talk about sports and podcasts. Like, I, I mean, I'm losing my mind about the NBA season being six days away. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's what we're talking about today. Wow, transitions. Look, this guy, this guy's, a, he's, he's, he's definitely in a master's program. The way he's doing grad, transitions. Yeah, <laughs> graduate and whatever. Um, yeah, NBA season six days away. We're uh, we've got a fantasy draft coming up in a couple of days. Um, Time unknown. Yeah, I'm thinking all the Aussies uh, screwing it up. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> fuck. I'm like Saturday, one p.m. 
And then Sean, like, yeah. and legitimately Sean, I forgot, like, he, he does have a job that often is six days a week. He's like, I might be working, but he's going to hopefully get the old man to cover him for him. And then my brother's like, I've got cricket. And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, well, I mean, I was meant to play cricket this week, but i got to work. Or meant to be Profit. available for it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try and push it. I think it's going to move forward by a couple of hours to try and get in just before he starts yeah. cricket. Uh, yeah, Nate texted me. He was like, is our draft really at 9.30 on a Friday night? And I was like, yeah, man, nobody said anything about draft times. <laughs> like, nobody had any input. And Nate was like, well, that's really going to cut into my binge drinking. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, like... Just message for Nate. Uh, draft is a perfect excuse to binge drink through. That's what I told him too. Yeah, and yeah, he'll would, be fine. I would certainly be doing drinking during the draft if I wasn't actually technically managing a business at the time. So I'll probably I'll probably cut back with a few during it, but yeah, I'm in it to win it this year. This is not good content for people listening, but a lot of people that listen are in our league. So yeah, I mean that's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, so I might be back a couple of hours, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to set it tomorrow. I'm waiting for a text from my brother who, as soon as he goes into teacher mode during the, just goes to sleep very early, so I haven't heard from him yet. So, yeah, Matt, wake up and text me back about draft times. Um, anyway, NBA. so much. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, he's, a good, he's a good villain for the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we got a new one coming into the league, so I was chatting to him tonight about it, so he's keen. Um, but yeah, real NBA, real basketball is happening, and we're doing a pod about it today. Uh, gonna try and yeah. cover like there's a the, the NBA. Um, I mean, since you and me last talked about basketball on pod, we've gone through the last playoffs. You know, Toronto winning that championship and everything. Um, so there's a lot, and then obviously the off season with some of the one of the biggest off seasons in big player movement I could ever think of, really. Um, of all time, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think you're safe saying that. Yeah, um, but I guess the first thing before we get into all that stuff is like, uh, as we touched on the pod last week, um, I think I titled the pod Big Trouble in NBA China because it just felt <laughs> perfect. Um, but I guess the Big Trouble in NBA China part two is, uh, I think we were all waiting for when players that were there uh, during this time would come out and talk and certainly LeBron being such a vocal uh proponent for everything you know social justice whatever you want to call it um he's certainly mm-hmm. vocal about everything he does with his um the shop program and 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 all the things he's done with the the hoodies with trayvon martin and all that um you know uh can't SB's, SB's things with the banana boat crew yeah all that stuff. yeah the can't breathe t-shirts i think was happened at one point too so certainly hasn't been afraid to st- uh put his uh put his foot forward on social issues but he came out and um probably was a I guess it's not a surprising um, comments considering uh, some of his, you know, certainly he's, he's very invested in a lot of business interests, but more, uh, unfortunately, a very badly framed comments about what's been going on the last week and a half. Uh, yeah, I think it was a little tone deaf um, considering his background, um, which if you don't know his comments, it was just kind of, um, he kind of threw Maury under the bus, which mm-hmm. the entire league. Is, has done as well as ESPN has done the same it feels like and Maury can't really catch a break even though he probably is, is the smartest guy in the room and so when people say that they don't that he was mistaken and he doesn't fully understand it I'm guessing he understands it a little bit better than almost everyone that is having an input on it now 
But yeah, the comments just seemed very, I think Isaac Lee tweeted out from the ringer is the Republicans buy sneakers too, the old Jordan quote. It seemed kind of <laughs> like that because LeBron was certainly protecting his own business interests, it seemed like. Yeah, and that's and that's what's on I can I can understand and what I what I tried to think about when LeBron made his comments was I was tried to see where he'd been for the last week and obviously being with the team over in China and all that like there's certain like certainly I I can imagine it was a rough week for them and I can I can understand from the standpoint of the he the ill-informed comment is one thing him questioning the timing of the tweet you know maybe waiting yeah I mean timing is you know it's a subjective thing when it comes to actually there's people actually dying in Hong Kong and whatever with these things so timing yeah. in that ref in that in that frame of mind is like you know you can't really say that anything's bad timing when you're trying to uh uh, yeah, you know, put some light onto onto an issue that is actually taking lives from people, and and is a and is a human rights issue and democracy and all those things. But from the standpoint of if he's just thinking, you know, Daryl Morey obviously isn't is you know a GM of a team like he's got he's does have certain responsibilities he does have to think about when he is making these tweets. So I can understand from that standpoint what LeBron was trying to say. You know, just just you know think about where where people are because. Worst case scenario was there's NBA players that were over in China that could have been under threat of, you know, I mean, it's a very volatile situation on both sides over there. So that might be where his, his frame of mind's coming from. But then he also just, he also mentioned the financial impact and all those things. And I don't think those things should have been mentioned if he was trying to make his, he should have, he should have very much probably, if he didn't want to say anything at all about Daramori for or against, that would have been fine. He just wanted to play, play a straight bat and just, and just say, hey, it was a rough week in China because of this. Uh, you know, don't. I'm not going to say anything more about it than that. You know, that would have been okay because it would have at least just said, hey, rough week. Don't want to. We we want to try and defuse the situation. But what he's done is actually poured gasoline on it because now he's got his his well, people in Hong Kong are pouring gasoline on LeBron James jerseys and burning <laughs> them. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and that just shows the sign that maybe he was a little ill-informed on the situation because (laughs) (laughs) they're burning your jersey now, dude. And I know he probably doesn't care. He's been through that before with stuff like that. But it is – I just think the comments just – it didn't help anyone. It didn't help him. It didn't help the NBA. It didn't help Maury. It didn't help anybody in this situation. It only hurt the thing. And the thing is, he has coaches helping him with this stuff, PR coaches, probably his own PR coaches beyond the Lakers PR and NBA PR coaches. Mm-hmm. So I cannot believe that this was the route they ultimately ended up going. But, I mean, it's just money is the bottom line, as always. And defending rights in America doesn't cost him any money. Defending rights in China will cost him money. And yeah, they were over there, but the fact that they would be in danger because someone was speaking out about freedom just shines more light on how corrupt China is and not how bad the tweet was by Mori, in my opinion. I I just think we're completely missing the whole issue here that China is basically creating human rights violations left and right over there. And nobody cares because they spend a lot of money and the United States owes them a lot of money. So it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. that's a very fair point is that, um, LeBron wouldn't, um, he, he put, some could say he puts his safety on the line in America too, with the things he, he stands up against. Cause there's plenty of, um, you know, your, uh, 
your uh, right wing leaning sides of America who uh, I mean just to not not to beat around the bush if they had a gun in their hand and saw LeBron walking down the street and had a chance that's the kind of that's the kind of opposition LeBron has with his stances in America but he doesn't mind taking that's that true. stance because the NBA on their side, the way the NBA portrays themselves as a very liberal league, you know, Steve Kerr, uh, we always bring up Steve Kerr because I think he does a fantastic job of speaking his mind. Um, well, and, the tr- and Trump's attacked him for like a week straight. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's obviously doing something, right? <laughs> yeah. So, LeBron, is, on one sense, like, you know, depending on wh- which street he walked down in America, um, he probably is smart enough to not to take him down those streets in those certain cities in the South, possibly, that would. Yeah, um, but you know he he's happy to create opposition against himself in America, but because that doesn't actually affect his business interests, because all of his business in America is on the other side of the ball, where people enjoy the NBA and understand the people that are involved in it. Whereas in in China, where he's he can see the the dollar signs plummeting, he he's suddenly taking the other he's taking the other stance. And unfortunately for LeBron, and you know I'm a LeBron supporter, I love his I love him as a basketball player, and I don't think he's a I don't think he's a terrible person or anything like that, but I think he's he's no, unfortunately he's unfortunately let he sees how his social justice works in a business sense in America, and now he's seeing how it works in the other side in China, and it's and it's actually it's uh, you know they're conflicting conflicting interests in China, and it's not working for him. And unfortunately, I think everyone is that's what everyone's seeing through at the moment for him. Everyone is starting to wonder which, which you know, it's kind of a two-faced kind of scenario that he's putting himself into, and he's going to have to pick his next words very carefully on this, I think. Yeah, and he said he's not going to talk about it anymore, so that would be picking him very carefully. But yeah. <laughs> it is just a thing where you can't just pick and choose when you're going to be a quote-unquote social justice warrior, which I hate that phrase because it's just like whatever. But if you're going to fight for freedom, you can't just pick and choose what freedom matters. It's freedom is universal. It's... You know, it's a democratic right, I guess. And countries seem to keep moving further and further away from it. Um, sports organizations move further and further away from it. I don't know if you saw the scenes in Bulgaria uh, yesterday. Yeah, at the, yeah. That's, um, um, people horrible. are moving away from it. And uh, if you don't speak out, it's going to happen where you are sooner or later. So it's best to keep speaking out for everybody's rights. Yeah, yeah, and we're and we're all you know we're fans of the league and stuff, so we're, you know, some could say we're complicit in it too, but we're at least um, yeah, we're at least happy to acknowledge what the, what what's right and wrong, and um and we, us as fans are hoping everything moves towards. We're always hoping that everything we support moves towards a more um, uh, you know, equality based realm of realm of um realm of uh, uh existence. So yeah, yeah. You know, we're not we're not afraid to speak up against it, even though I don't think we're going to be getting in too much trouble with. I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure I'll be going to China anytime soon, anyway. So, um, yeah, uh, well, not anymore, apparently. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to certainly. Yeah, I'd love to try and just fly to China wearing a LeBron James jersey and see. Well, actually, no, that would be fine in China. It might just be Hong Kong that's the problem. I think um, they just hate the NBA now. Yeah. So like <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have their own own social media companies like I, you can't even I'm, I'm sure you can't even follow actually lebron on twitter in china because it doesn't exist there so like it's well just yeah they don't allow yeah they don't allow google so i don't know yeah well, i don't know how you get your news over there really but well yeah it's crazy and like i don't really want to get into all of it but just like they live in like a 1984 type world like an yeah. orwellian world that's like 
a card like defines everything you are mm-hmm. and like they have cameras everywhere yeah i don't know like this would i'm certainly not the person to be talking about this but it's super <laughs> interesting um like read a few articles about it it's cool yeah <laughs> not cool in like a freedom way but like fascinating it's crazy in a that we shit live in it. like a sci-fi world now basically yeah it's and unreal that we it, can be sitting here having a discussion across you know halfway across the world about this while the nation to the north of me is just completely you know yeah backwards in that sense it's just yeah interesting that we still live in a world where there's such varying degrees of freedom along and this is just highlighting one one particular instance of it that is crossing the divide into into the league we support in america one like one that is such a social social yeah uh, socially conscious yeah it's just weird like watching minority report growing up and now like being like wow that's so crazy like what if that actually happened and now it feels like we're like a few decades away from that of pre-crime stuff like that at least over in china and stuff like that where you can just like be defined by like this little card you have and like they can see into the future of what you're gonna yeah it's yeah it's cool was the wrong word it's wild i just say that yeah i read i read a lot of uh, philip k dick novels and yeah, everything that's happening and ha- happening in those seems like it'll be true at some point, which is kind of scary. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, fiction predicts the future. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Aldous Huxley, like, what was it nineteen thirty-two? He wrote Brave New World, and that's just yeah, unreal. All of it. All right, here's about the time that it interrupts when I lean on the keyboard. So, yeah, <laughs> just you know, the good things about recording after midnight. But anyway. Uh, there's no further interruptions to come, so let's just get right back into it. All right, I got so I got so excited when we started to talk <laughs> about actual NBA stuff that I accidentally like pressed stop on the recording. We talked for about two minutes before I realized that it wasn't recording, but we're back. Yeah. Um, we just uh, the last thing that you would have heard was me talking about Aldous Huxley and Brave New World, which is about about the end of our chat about the weirdness of China and the NBA at the moment um, and all those issues surrounding that, but. Yeah, back to the real NBA stuff that we're really excited to get into because there's just oh, yeah. so much to talk about. And we were off air slash thinking when, when we were on air talking about Kevin Durant <laughs> and the and the move to the Brooklyn Nets. So just to go back over that, uh, yeah, it's yeah. One, it's one that you know when when it when it came up um, and got announced, everyone just suddenly pronounced. You know, it's the immediate reaction because you you just don't think about the. The nuances of the of the issue when it comes up, well, not the issue, but the the move when it comes up. Everyone thought, oh yeah, Brooklyn Nets immediate championship contender, and then everyone realized, remembered that Durant was out <laughs> for the year basically, and Kyrie hasn't had a great run of being a leader on his own team. So um, I think we're all a bit tempered on the Nets, and uh, as as we were oh, talking yeah. about before, before we realized we weren't recording, um, <laughs> uh, Durant's injury may not be one that is as easy to come back from as some people just assuming because it's Durant that he'd be able to come back from. Right. Um, it's an injury that nobody's come back from a hundred percent. And what that means is even if Durant comes back at 80, 90%, um, that's still not the guy that was winning the MVP and winning titles, especially as he gets older. Um, you know, I think the prime of an NBA player is probably 27 through 29, somewhere in there. Um, mm-hmm. I think when Durant finally comes back, he'll be, over 30 if not 31 um i think he turns 30 this year so i'm unsure on that but 
it is an injury that will be tough to come back from, and Kyrie's going to have to be the leader on that team. So, um, it's uncertain if he can do that yet. <laughs> yeah. But maybe with KD, KD can be a, a locker room leader, and Kyrie can be the scoring leader and offensive leader and all that kind of stuff. But until he actually does come back, we we won't know how they really fit together and how how this plays out for the Nets. This could be kind of like we were saying off air. This could be something that we look back on and think it was a monumental move, and it really wasn't in the long run. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what uh, just looked it up. He's actually thirty one now. He just turned thirty one. Okay, in I September, knew he was so. either a year older than me or a year younger. Yeah, so you're talking about by you know if he's if he's back towards the end of next season, then he's you know thirty one and a half. Um, going to take a bit of time probably to get back into the swing of things as far as basketball form goes. So you know that's running out the end of next season. So you're looking at the start of the season when he's if everything goes well, fully fit, thirty two. The Brooklyn Nets finally have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who, as we've said um, previously, Kyrie, Kyrie himself doesn't have the best injury history, some um, dodgy knee, knee injuries and other other issues popping up. Certainly an incredibly talented player, but an interesting dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, admitting to reporters least. that he... Uh, I mean, the flat earth stuff we've talked about before and don't need to talk about again, but... Um, you know, he was talking to reporters last year about how he called LeBron to apologize for not realizing leadership was so hard. It's not the kind yeah, of yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah, it's not the <laughs> kind of guy you want to want to be entrusting with the team going forward this year as Durant recovers on the sidelines. So, you know, I'm not I'm not that I'm not that hopeful for the Brooklyn Nets to be anywhere near even good this year. I actually think they might be. Might struggle a little because, um, you know, we mentioned before when we thought we were recording that, you know, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan isn't isn't the guy that was, um, you know, yeah. hanging out in Lob City five years ago. So, no, yeah. I do like Jared Allen though a lot. I think he's still on the team. So maybe yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was he was a somebody. he was a good fantasy pickup for me last year. Um, he's great, and um, I like Dinwiddie, and I like Harris Liver, and I think they have some pieces. Um, I think they'll be a playoff team, obviously, but I think what is more concerning for that team is that when they're supposed to be a championship contender, it's going to be in a year, and it's going to be when the young 76ers have another year of not only playing together, but probably a long run in the playoffs um, with each other. And those are young guys that's Embiid um, and Simmons together who could become one of the best dynamic duos ever in the NBA, like think of modern day Shaq and Penny, mm. but also the Milwaukee Bucks with, with Giannis entering his prime in probably a couple of years when in another year when Durant will be healthy, um, Giannis will be entering his prime and I think he might be unstoppable. So that's a, that's two teams right there that are going to be really hard to get through from an aging Durant and a Kyrie who, who knows how he can be as a leader. And maybe there's some more moves next offseason. So I don't think a title is in the Nets' future. And I think that's the bigger worry right now than how they're going to play in 2019. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, um, the the East is actually getting a little bit stronger. Um, you know, a few years ago, it was basically Le- LeBron's East, and that was it. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... But now it's uh, you've got you know Philadelphia 76ers are a legitimate um, force with everything they've gone through to build that team. 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was I was really impressed with them bringing in our, our Horford's guy. I really, I really like. Um, they've brought him in as a bit of you know a bit of balance to Embiid and Co. And they've just they've just added a bit of depth there. That and they're a team that has played together for a couple of years already. And you know, Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons. Ben Simmons is shooting threes now, which lit up the internet last week. Um, who knows actually how many he'll shoot. Um, probably has to be a wide open three, but you know, if he is improving his shooting, because that was a big knock on Ben Simmons was whether he's going to be improving his shooting or if he's just going to be the player we've seen, but he does seem to be trying to work on these things. So if he, if he is adding to his game all the time and improving the player that we've already been quite impressed with when he's, when he's playing well, um, that 76ers team is just going to be an ever-evolving ever force in the East. And as you've mentioned, the Milwaukee Bucks need no introduction. They they probably, you know, last year they were very, very close to going to the finals and just got run into a hot Toronto team that had just Kawhi Leonard in mm. put, put the team in his back form and had a lot of guys around him that were really, that kind of uh, got that energy from that. But, you know, that aside, you know, you could, we were all, I think there was a few of us that were really hoping that we're going to see um, Giannis, you know, get the MVP and a, and a NBA title last year. But that aside, you know, they're, they're certainly, you know, I, I look at the Bucks and the 76ers, the two top teams in the East, and I, I just can't even see the, the Nets breaking into the top four there because there's a few others I see as better than the Nets this year as well. Yeah, possibly evolving. Um, Nets will definitely make the playoffs, and they could they could be a top four seed with just Kyrie, I think, in the East. But you know, the Celtics with Kyrie, it'll be interesting to see if they can finish above the Nets because that was kind of the big thing: is Kyrie leaving Boston and going to the Nets. So, um, yeah, the the East is kind of it's a little bit more wide open this year than it um, than I think it will be in the future, just because the Bucks and the Sixers are both so young still um, and both kind of had historic playoff losses last year in series. They easily could have won um, obviously both to Toronto, but mm-hmm. I do think they're just going to need to take that next. Giannis is going to need to take that next step to be, because he doesn't have as much help as say like a Joel Embiid has. So he's going to have to take that next step to the almost LeBron like levels, which a lot of people think he can do. And so if he does that, then it'll become like kind of like you said before, when it was LeBron's LeBron, the rest of the East, it'll become Giannis and the rest of the East, but the Sixers will provide him a good rival kind of like back in the day with um, the Pistons and the Celtics in the East way back in the day. (laughs) So, and then ultimately the Pistons and the Bulls, but I just still think um, the East has so such a long way to go to catch up with the West as far as competition uh, levels. Yeah, I guess as I far mean, as... top teams can play with anybody in the East, but from top to bottom, the West is still just brutal compared to the East. Yeah, yeah, and we can we can get to the West. I guess the other, the one uh, another move that is kind of gone under the radar in the in the East um, with the you know Durant move and. And Kyrie and and then everyone just continually talking about the Bucks and Seventy Sixers was um I think the Celtics signing Kemba Walker was a really yeah he, I think he's been one of the most underrated guys in the league you know basically because he's playing on a terrible Charlotte team for his whole career yeah. but 
He's a guy that um, he, I think he's twenty eight, twenty nine. So he's got a couple. Of, he's got a couple of good years in him, um, fitness permitting, which I think he's, his injury history is pretty good. Um, you know, he's just been a consistent guy that's putting up, and he can put up forty, fifty points when he wants to. But uh, just, just a good scoring guard um, can really direct the offense and 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 is lo- kind of like a low key like he doesn't he doesn't stir he doesn't stir the pot like he's a, he seems like a good team guy as well from what I can see. Um, so the Celtics with what they've got, you know, obviously they lost, they've lost Horford, they've lost, um, yeah, that's a big loss. Yeah. Um, I think Horford was a big loss than Kyrie in the end. Um, as, as most Celtics fans seem to want to drive Kyrie to the airport themselves by the end of yeah. last season. Uh, but yeah, Kemba's just a, a big pickup for them. And with the guys they've got there and Brad Stevens, I think is a, is a good coach. Um, they're a team that I, I can expect to. I mean, a lot of people may not be thinking about them as, as anything, and I, I certainly don't expect them to be competing for the Eastern Conference title. But I think they'll be w- one of those teams that'll be in the mix in the playoffs, and and one that may maybe people should be looking to more than. I, I'm not trying to shit on the Nets. I just think that <laughs> everyone talking about the Nets so much is forgetting that they're going to be really. I think they'll struggle a bit more this season because you know it'll be Kyrie Kyrie having to carry the load, and I'm I'm, I'm still wary of Kyrie's ability. Kyrie's body's ability to carry the load, whereas I think Kemba's perfectly built to go to Boston and 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 work with that team and not and carry a load, but he he'll have a lot of support there, I think, too. Yeah, he definitely has immediately the best teammate he's ever had in the NBA with Jason Tatum. Um and a lot will depend <clears throat> if Tatum can take the next step. Uh kind of like we were talking about with Giannis, there are different steps you have to take, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Different levels and stuff, but uh, if the Celtics want to, you know, threaten for an Eastern Conference championship, they need Tatum to finally start playing like the player everybody thought he was going to be the type of player that the Celtics weren't going to give up for Anthony Davis. So I think he did. He slumped a little bit last year, and um, his confidence wasn't as high. Um, obviously, the Celtics still have some some good pieces. Um, worry a little bit about their inside game, but. Again, Jalen Brown was a high pick. Um, if he comes to play, uh, they can compete. They could easily be a top four seed and have home court in the first round. So I'm excited to see it. I don't know exactly how it's going to work because it seems like the Celtics always have a plethora of guards and no real solid inside game. And then you lose Horford, who could really do a lot of things inside the paint, whether it was playing a small five or just spreading the defense out as a stretch four. Um I just think losing him will be a big deal, um, almost more big, almost bigger than um, losing Kyrie since they replaced him with Kemba. Yeah, I completely agree that I, me and Andrea went and saw the Celtics play uh, the Spurs back in um, a few months into Kyrie's first season there, and it was when you know Kyrie was amazing to watch too. Like that, yeah, <laughs> that guy in person, um, his when he's just dealing, um, you can see why he's so beloved as just a fan as as fans watching him because he, he can handle the ball like no other but the other guy that really impressed me in person that night was Horford because he he worked with the handles and, and was really smart with his own um own ball playing ability as well as just getting into the areas to score and and a score and rebound it was just he's a special player to watch too so yeah he's big, just good he's just good he does everything right like he he knows exactly where to where to be on the floor he moves without the ball he just he's his basketball IQ is off the chart so Losing a guy like that, I don't, 
I don't know. And I think that'll be huge for particularly to a, particularly yeah. to a direct rival in the Sixers. Um, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess other team. I don't know the. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best transition. Yeah, I. I, I was just looking at the standings, and I was like, about, I was about to say, um, the Miami Heat. I don't know where you, where where you're at with them. Certainly not like as a contender at the top, but um, I, I'm kind of like I'm just hopeful that maybe Jimmy Butler will finally finally find a happy place. Yeah, I don't know. some of his comments before the season were kind of weird. Um, Wait, about, I know they're about, also tr- about washing his ass or. No, uh, that's <laughs> fine. I recommend everybody does that. But, um, <laughs> like, yeah, that was a weird response. I don't know. Jimmy Butler just he has a strange personality. Like, everybody wants to, like, bash KD all the time for being, like, having this super weird personality or blah, 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 blah. But, like, a lot of these guys have really weird, like, idiosyncrasies. And, like, I just think that the Heat are still a few pieces away from actually competing. I, I, at a level like the Sixers and Bucks will this season. Um, I know there's word that they're really trying to get Chris Paul, which could be possible. I don't know exactly what kind of deal that would be with OKC. I'm sure OKC would want even more picks and uh, possibly some young guys. So I don't know who they'd have to offer really, but that'd be an interesting piece to pick up um, because the Thunder are not going to be making any noise in the West anytime soon with the pieces they have. So I, yeah, I think, I think Jimmy Butler will put up a lot of stats, but I don't think it'll ultimately result in anything. Kind of like a couple of those Wade seasons down there before LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that's, that'd be perfect for my fantasy team as one of my keepers. But yeah, um, I guess (laughs) and that's, that's just where the East is in comparison to the West that we'll get to is that there's just, you're already starting to get down to teams like the Miami Heat and Indiana Pacers, who Indiana were really good last year, and but Oladipo's injury ob- obviously hurt them. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. And um, well, and he's uh, not supposed to be back for a while. Yeah. So pretty, yeah. And so. Indiana, Indiana battled well for a while there. They got got themselves into a good playoff position, but then uh, couldn't couldn't ca- can um, carry it on. And and then we get down towards teams like Orlando, who you know, the, the Orlando, Washington. I, I I don't know where we're gonna get any any more real contenders. Uh, Toronto is the other one um, we've got to talk about, I guess, as the defending champions. Which uh, you know, they've resigned Kyle Lowry and uh, Pascal Siakam is one of my favorite players who emerged from last year. Um, it's guys like I that, just uh, I have no faith in any of those teams. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's it. Like you know, <laughs> Toronto lost the two guys that like that came to them and won them the title. So. Um, I think that I think Toronto fans will be very happy just to have grabbed that title and 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 said see you to Kawhi like they get one year of him and and it works out. I think exactly they'll, they'll probably it. be like the eighth seed in the playoffs. Maybe I still think they're better than Orlando and um, an Oladipo list Indiana. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we've even talked about eight teams. So I think they could definitely get a spot in there. Yeah. Um. Other than that, yeah, I but mean, they're, they're not going to contend, and that's and that's the issue with the East is we've talked about Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and 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 the Celtics maybe as a third seed, and that's about where I'm at. Like, I I can't see I can't see anyone coming out of that conference that isn't Milwaukee or Philadelphia, um, as far as the finals yeah. go. 
you know, injury, there's always there's are, always some weird things yeah. that go on, but I think it will be between those two those yeah. two teams this year, and it'll be great because it's a bunch of young guys, um, neither of which have been to the NBA Finals um, as a group. So that'd be a cool Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Yeah, yeah. But mo- movements happen, so yeah, we'll uh, see. I touched on. I can't remember if it was in the, the non-recorded part that we did before, or um, <laughs> but yeah, the Knicks. Um, it, is this finally the time that they've realized that you know when when you're losing the two biggest free agents that you know social media everywhere? I saw that many goddamn posts like you know Photoshop mock-ups of Zion, KD, yeah. and Kyrie in Knicks uniform saying this is the Knicks lineup next year because everyone. Well, just those just need to stop. In general. yeah, I mean that's that's, that's embarrassing. it. But I've seen Lillard in a Lakers jersey every season since I think he got in the league. Well, and at least since he proved himself, and it's like he's not—he's not going to Los Angeles. It's not where he wants to be. Yeah, and so I just stop it, fans. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, and that—and that's it. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion about social media and sports and people reacting too quickly. But um, the Knicks are certainly a kind of team that does just does attract that chat because they're a, they're a big, big, big club. But um, this this off season seems to be a marker in the sand as far as you know Brooklyn were able to snare these guys because the Knicks are that terrible and their culture there. And, and you know, you got to wonder, like, KD and Kyrie, those guys pretty smart and would have seen, you know, you know James Dolan throwing fucking Charles Oakley out of the, out of MSG and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and we said on the pod back in March, I think, we, we were talking about how we thought it, 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 there's a real possibility it could happen, but I think I did say a couple of times, uh, they'll, they'll find some way to fuck it up. And they did both. Well, the just, lottery did it. Yeah. I mean, the lottery did <laughs> for it for, them. Z- for Zion. But then, you know, just the fact that they can't put together, you know, when they've got the money and the cap space to be able to sign two guys and they can't find a way to get any of them because they just don't have the pitch, which is an issue we've seen with the Lakers over the years when, you know, there's that famous story about LaMarcus going down there and they just didn't give him a good pitch on the basketball side of the ball. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a marker in the sand for the Knicks to finally realize that they don't just have a hold on being like being a big franchise with cap space isn't enough. You got to have, got to have a pitch and I just, they didn't have it. And yeah, the Knicks, they got, you know, they, I don't know where they go from here. They've, they've got cap space going into the next few years. They've done it. Like they signed who they could. Um, it was a really, it was a really fun day to be on Twitter, just watching the Knicks, Knicks implode a little bit, but then just, just sign whoever they could get. But, um, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I'm kind of like just. I'm excited as you know, Nick's second teamer guy. Yeah, um, I'm excited to watch where they go this year. They got Kenny Wooten from the uh, former <laughs> Ducks guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna buy a Kenny Wooten jersey this year just because. Oh my god! Who, who who else can I buy a <laughs> Nick's jersey of? Um, I it's a weird place to be as a as a guy that enjoys the Nick Nick's basketball because I'm I'm kind of just a, I'm. Looking forward to watching where they go from here because I really think this offseason was a moment where they realized, yeah, we gotta we gotta actually build and and build a culture here and can't just rely on being the New York Knicks. And I just wondered where your head's at with just as someone else I know who does had Chris Tupps Porzingis in their fantasy team, so I had an eye on the Knicks yeah. and just and just as a basketball fan, as we all have enjoyed whether you're a basketball fan that is pro Knicks or anti Knicks, the Knicks are on your radar. Yeah. 
it's just a cool you know it's a cool franchise the colors the arena the the setting the the misery um <laughs> it's just i think it, it i mean they they swung swung and missed pretty hard uh this that whole offseason it's not totally their fault because they didn't get the number one pick which i think they were talking about turning the number one pick into anthony davis anyway mm-hmm. but new orleans ended up getting the number one pick anyway so that's kind of funny <laughs> but i i think they'll be i mean they're not gonna be good this year but they're hey let rj barrett be you know let him go out there see what he has they got julius randall who is uh Who's a good good piece? Um, they're again, they're not going to be good, but they could be fun to watch a little bit. Watch the youngsters go. I mean, I think R.J. Barrett is, you know, he's a top three player in this draft. He went third. He might be the second best player in the draft. You know, we don't. I think Jaw is really good, but um, yeah, I they have no hope but the future. So yeah, <laughs> and that's I think that's what they leaned on that a little bit. I mean, they got Dennis Smith Jr. in that. And that uh, Chris Dasporzingis trade last year, which I, I still don't not sure if um, like where his his ceiling is, but he's certainly like a player I just enjoy. Just now now that they are do just have to go with these guys, I'd be happy to see them just just play him and see see what he has. Uh, Mitchell Robertson was exciting last yeah. year. Um, yeah. Ke- Kevin Knox. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was around, but you know RJ Barrett certainly like you know he's the kind of guy that. They, 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 I mean, they've just got to throw him on the floor now. Um, Frankie Nicotine, I don't think he's going to be. He's Frankie got, Smokes. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be anything. But yeah, it's, it's the guys like Kevin Knox I was really enjoying last year. I think I picked him up for fantasy for like a week when he was in, in his in his in his prime. But um, yeah, those yeah. guys, Dennis Smith Jr., Mitchell Robinson, they've got some they've got some young guys there that you never know where these things are going to go. I assume of the Knicks, they're always going to fuck it up somehow. But yeah, Alfred Payton as well. Yeah, like it's just well, a random. He's made just, the rounds. Yeah, but it's a random mix of guys that I'm kind of excited to watch how it comes together. It could just completely implode, as the Knicks are so often, uh, you know, do do. But I, I'm just excited. Well, to I'm watch sure it. they're fine with that tanking yeah. again. And then you know maybe they get the number one pick next year and they can package some of those, some of those guys, some of those youngsters who got some good looks this season and turned into something. Package that for a superstar in a trade. Um, I know the free agency market next year isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not anywhere. It's, it's not anywhere near. It's very light. Um, yeah. Um, I think it'd uh, be what we were doing this year, but maybe if they can do an offseason trade with some of those young pieces, then they could help RJ sooner rather than later. Um, if these pieces kind of kind of stand out at some point, but that's kind of their hope right now <laughs> is another tanking season, get a number one pick and maybe lure a superstar there through a trade. Yeah. Um, it's not hopeful. Yeah, no, I think it's, it, it, we're looking towards two years from now um, is where the Knicks would be looking for as far as free agency goes. And just, and yeah, I think for the next year and year and a half, two years, it'll be just let the kids have a go. And um, yeah, you know, RJ Barrett, I think scored 15 in his first game for the, game for him in, in preseason so yeah yeah we'll see what happens i i'm just excited to just see the knicks in this in this vein where they're, they're they are playing a lot of young guys and and don't have you know there's no mellow there's no none of these guys that have been you know mellow hung around for a, a few years too long probably and then they, they've just had this carryover the last year and a half where they've just kind of been you know with chris Stapps and and then last year when they traded him it was all for the all for this off 
free agency period, which didn't work out for how everyone thought it was going to do. So, yeah, they're in this weird place where they finally they don't have anyone big stars. They don't have any free agency moves that look in the near future. They just do actually just have to play the young guys finally, um, which would be a weird new place for the New York Knicks to be. So, it'd be fun to watch, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Big pass, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> It could be just horrible, but it could be just lots of fun too. So, yeah. Um, the moving to the west uh, and speaking of league pass teams, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot, uh, if there's a few more in the west than there is in the east. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, non-playoff teams in the west are definitely there's some must-watch teams. Yeah. But. Um, I don't. I don't even know where to start in the west. I guess we could just start with um. The, the an odd place to start in the West, but obviously the New Orleans Pe- Pelicans got the big, the big fish. Like uh, the oh my, I can't believe that that's how that worked out for them. They they had Anthony Davis and the number one pick. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it throws all the conspiracies out the window to a certain extent, but then it also then people could say, well, they gave them the number one pick, so then they could trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. I don't know. There's conspiracy yeah, theories. It would have been nice to see Davis and Zion together. Yeah. Um, Obviously, but I mean, AD made up his mind a long time ago that he wanted to be and wanted to be in LA. And uh, apparently, players can just do that now. It doesn't matter the sport because if you look at Jalen Ramsey, he decided he wanted to be in LA and he uh, just made it happen. So I guess that's just what sports are now. Super fun. <laughs> I can't. That you can hold a team for ransom that's paying you millions of dollars, but whatever. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a whole another pod subject. But yeah, I mean we can just yeah. It is unfortunate for Anthony Davis, his legacy will forever be tied. You know, if they win a couple of titles together somehow in LA, um people will say, Yeah, it was worth it, but then everyone will say, Well, look what you know, it's it is unfortunate for New Orleans that they had to deal with that just a bad end to you know, I've seen I've talked about before the amount of NBA jerseys I see around in Australia and Anthony Davis ones are certainly um not uncommon to see around and it's just unfortunate that this is what sports is on on the other side of the ball we do see guys get traded when they don't want to get traded so it is a weird sport in the sense that often the big guys can choose where they want to go and the little guys can't but um and then there's just the ones in between but yeah (laughs) well even the little guys are kind of getting in on the party but um yeah yeah i guess like if we're starting with new orleans i don't like they definitely have some pieces, and um, they've looked quite quite good in the preseason, but I, it's just still a lot of young guys who don't have experience like battling in the playoffs or for a playoff position. Um, I like Brandon Ingram a lot. Um, Lonzo's looked okay in preseason. Uh, Zion looks great, obviously. Um, looks like the next LeBron. So maybe he will do for New Orleans what LeBron did for Cleveland. Um, but again, those early years for LeBron, those teams weren't very good, even though he was great. So I think mm-hmm. we can see something similar out of them, even though he, Zion does have more pieces than LeBron did early on. But the West is way harder <laughs> than the East was even back then. So yeah. it should be fun to watch, though. Yeah, no, certainly it's going to be just going to be fun watching Zion because it's it's a guy that's been talked about for so long. Um and everyone thought he's going to be a Nick or whatever, but then there, there is it was interesting those stories that came out about him actually not being as keen on the big market. I think there was those stories about him just being okay with wherever he went. Like he might be a different kind of 
different kind of dude in the league, which would be good. It's probably perfect for New Orleans to develop for the next few years as they try to build a team around him is that he, he does seem like he's probably invested to be down there for the next few years. Who knows what will happen when the big lights of the NBA hit and and when he's starting to come towards the Anthony Davis time where he started pushing for a move, what will happen? But it will depend what the team does. But, yeah, I think I, – I don't know if they'd be a playoff team quite yet, but – I, I being it would just be such a bloodbath in the I mean right down from first three to twelfth or thirteenth it could be a bit of a bloodbath. Um, yeah, um, I know a lot of people are picking picking the Blazers to finish tenth in in the division or in the conference, and if New Orleans is one of the teams ahead of them, I don't I don't see that happening. I don't I don't see New Orleans being better than Portland in 2019-2020. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't see the playoffs for him. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> I guess we can move on to Portland, um, a team that both the, the holds the holds the supporters part of our hearts. Um, that's just, that's just the yearly preseason story at this point, isn't it? That the national media just doesn't think Portland can make the playoffs, and I don't know why. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, they've got two of the you know two of the top top players in the league and like Damian Lillard is certainly one of the top players in the entire league CJ McCollum's um, still slept on but I think a lot of people that actually know basketball know how how important and, and great a player he, mm-hmm. he is as well um, so you when you've got that kind of backcourt you're immediately you know people people are putting the putting the Warriors still as a good team when they only have one of those guys at the moment yeah. technically um, well Draymond and Steph but yeah yeah, so. and I mean, you can talk about D'Angelo Russell as well. But, you know, just as far as the backcourt goes, like, yeah. Um, uh, there is, I guess, the Nurkic injury is, a, is an issue at the moment, but they've brought in Hassan Whiteside, which who knows how that'll go exactly. But he's, he's no slouch. So I, I, it is interesting to see the Blazers being picked so low again. Um, I think yeah. as, as, a, as a Portland fan that's seen that year, to year on year on year in the last five, six years, uh Pretty happy to be in the be the underdog again because it usually works out for us pretty well, apart from when we get to the finals. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know where where are you at with that? I think they're they probably won't host a first round series, but they're right around there five four five six in the yeah. West. I think they have that talent, even though some teams have reloaded. I actually bet someone in my class the twenty bucks that they'd finish above the the Jazz. So everybody thinks, you know, the Jazz got Mike Conley and they're apparently world beaters. I mean, they're, I don't know. I just think people sleep on how good Damian Lillard is. And I can totally see the, you know, the East Coast bias when it comes to it as well, because they play late here. So you're not seeing what Damian Lillard's doing. They're just like, oh, but like Lillard has had year after year of success against a stacked Western conference. So well, I don't know what else you need to see, but like you said, just keep sleeping on them. They do well there. Um, we'll get Nurkic back partway through the season. Um, word out of camp is that Zach Collins and Anthony Simons are playing really well, um, kind of evolving as players. So those are two more. I mean, Collins will be a huge piece at the stretch four alongside mm-hmm. Whiteside because Whiteside can just be in there grabbing rebounds and, Collins can stretch out the defense for our guards and yeah, it's just, I feel positive about it. 
Yeah, and and, then, every, and everybody's all in on Denver and all that and everything and like the Blazers beat Denver last year. Like, why would it be any different this year? I don't. Yeah, I, and I, I, just I, genuinely, I don't. I genuinely think they beat Denver with um with a hobbled. I think Lillard ran out of juice and had a, had a couple of knee. I think he had just some knee niggles after it. I remember one game early in that series where he kind of just was hobbling a bit, and I think his knee was playing up. Um, so they beat that Denver team, and look, we're not we're not saying that these with Enos Cantor at center as well, yeah. rather than Nurk. Yeah. So, um, and and that was with Jokic, you know, just playing playing out of you know he was carrying that team through as well. So, um, and who is now extremely fat again? So, <laughs> how good how good are they going to be? Yeah, you and know? you know we're not we're not trying to shit in these other teams. It's just it it is interesting. As you know, people that have the Blazers at the, as the center of their basketball world to see how much they're being slept on yet again in in the power rankings and all that. Like the Blazers had a post up this morning, just showing their power ranking place and just basically saying, "Hey, this is where everyone thinks we're at again," and we're just going to use that as uh, you know as locker room material. So. Um, and they've got you know Kent Bazemore and Rodney Rodney Hood's back. They've got Kent Bazemore mm-hmm. as well. You know they've got some they've got some shooting there, and um, so that I think they're well balanced. Obviously Nurkic coming back and hopefully being the Nurkic we know and love will be a massive boost because he is such a special player at the Blazers. And last year he really came to the fore with his um, his aggression and and his confidence in his own in his own abilities. So. Um, that certainly is is a worry going into the season that we don't have him, but they've done what they can to build around that. And you know, every team, as we've talked about in the East already, Kevin Durant's not going to be a factor at all. Um, there's a lot of teams that are battling these similar issues of having big big names on their roster that aren't available at the start of the season. Um, so the Blazers are, in, I think, they're in a pretty good spot. And yeah, yeah, um, sleep sleep on us. Go I for mean, it. the wet uh, the West is brutal. Obviously, from the top down, you have the two LA teams, which we'll get to here pretty soon, um, and the Rockets reloading. I'm interested to see how that goes, and we'll get to that. But it's not going to be the easiest path um, to the Western Conference Finals again. But uh, I just think the continuity between coaching staff and superstars and the influx of young players who are starting to finally get it, I think that'll be a big part of the Blazers' success this season. So I definitely see – I don't see him finishing 10th, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah, just one I just that just came to mind as I was thinking. I remember remember Vince going to one of the last um, regular season games last season where I think it was the game that Anthony Simons put up like the 30, 35, yep. 37 points in that game that they were 37, trying. 37, yeah. That one that everyone thought they were trying to, trying to tank it for the playoff positioning yeah. and then they ended up winning anyway. And he was yep. super impressed with him. So – yeah, he was showing signs then, and and yeah, Zach Collins has really impressed me with his ability to you know post up for corner threes and stuff like that. Like he can really stretch it out, and yeah, he'll yeah. battle though too. I mean, he fouls out of like every game he's in, so yeah, and that's but, that, that's even <laughs> that, another year of maturity maybe. Um, but hey, I mean, he it's, was it's young good. when he came in. Yeah. yeah, it's good to have guys so. like that. So yeah, yeah. Well, like, moving, to, I mean, I think the biggest competition will be out of LA. I, I honestly do. Um, whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers, um, obviously, who do you think has the edge in the Staples Center battle going into the season? Um, I actually, th- I, I think it's the Clippers based on the fact that, well, I do have the quest. There is, a, as with every team, 
Um, but there's, there's, there'll be these question marks come up with the Lakers when we talk about him in a second. But Paul George, um, his shoulders last year was, yeah, you know, he was an MVP, MVP candidate for a little bit there, and then he, then they just his arms started to fall off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched Evil Dead Two earlier, and there's just limbs flying everywhere. So <laughs> I was immediately picturing that go. with Paul George, but yeah, good old Sam Raimi eighties horror uh, special yeah. effects. Um, but yeah, so Kawhi, yeah, I haven't seen those. I need to check them out. I didn't Especially watch since it's October. Yeah, well, that's why we, me and Andrea are watching horror movies every day. We watched Friday the 13th Part 3 the other day, which was another masterclass in acting. Um, <laughs> acting is a, is, a, is a stretch of a turn there, but um, yeah. Sure. Um, just a fun month to be a part of, be a horror movie fan. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to send you photos of a front yard at the moment too. Nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to Paul George and his shoulders falling off. Um, Speaking of zombies. Yeah. Uh, that that's the issue with me with the Clippers. I think they're the better placed team, but and Kawhi I think is going into this season as the best player in the NBA, as, uh, besides Giannis because I think LeBron obviously his age is just a factor there and everything. Giannis is the MVP. Harden hit obviously his playoff run really just hurt him, hurt him again, as it does yeah. every every year. He's like the Clayton Kershaw of the NBA. Um, Absolutely. And so and Kawhi just went through and just had this all-time run to lead a team that no one expected to win a championship, get one, and then say, "Hey guys, see you later," and be out of leave, okay, and then go to go to the team he wanted, um, and and just string them along right up until the end, which is just just hilarious. Um, considering everyone yeah. just kept on waiting for the announcement that the Lakers weren't going to get him, and then he. Went to the Clippers and then an hour later it was Paul George. Oh yeah, Paul George is going too. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that was the, bizarre. Yeah, I think the Clippers are a better place, but again, um, I think it, there is some injury issues there, and which I also think the same with the Lakers too. So, yeah, there is a hole at center for the Clippers right now. Um, we'll see if they do anything about that or if they just a young guy can step up. I know they have um, that one Croatian who's. Over seven feet tall, um, but yeah, Zubac, yeah, Zubac. yeah, um, and he'll be big on if they're going to compete with the, the Lakers. Who obviously will have a big inside presence with Anthony Davis, and if Dwight can can hang on there, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd give the slight edge to the Clippers right now, just because Kawhi is a killer. Like, dude. It, he's just going to win wherever he is. And you give him, you know, Paul George is way better than anybody that was on that Toronto roster. Mm. Even at 80% Paul George, like we saw at the end of the season is still better. And then you throw in a guy who works like Montrez Harrell. Um, and that's a pretty formidable um, front three right there. <laughs> and then with the Lakers, it's just, I don't I have to see it in the LeBron era. Last year was pretty pathetic, <laughs> and I know they made a lot of moves, but Anthony Davis never stays healthy. LeBron is getting up there and had his first serious injury um, of his career last year, and is that a sign of things to come, or is he reinvested in his body and really trying to push for a title? I don't know what his goals are anymore. I think he, I obviously think he wants to win more titles, but with a banged up AD all the time and an aging LeBron, I don't know if that's in the cards, especially with how deep the West is and every playoff series you're going to have to go through. Is it going to be a team that can easily beat you? 
Yeah, and I think that's where... Not the East anymore. Yeah. I'm not worried. That's where my worry is with the Lakers is both LeBron's ability to carry his body. I think uh, we we all acknowledge he's probably been one of the supreme athletes we've ever seen as far as his ability to keep his... to play at the level he has and keep his body on the floor. But last year, obviously, we saw a big injury and... um. And yeah, he's he's going to be carrying the load a little bit because Anthony Davis certainly isn't a he's a bit of a porcelain doll as well at times. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. um, and then you've got yeah, you got Demarcus Cousins came in, come they signed him injured. Um, yeah, immediately. Yeah, one of the most sad um, media day photos I've ever seen was that one of him just in his Lakers jersey, just he- head bowed. Yeah, um, yeah, just looking. That's at- a br- Brutal NBA career. Yeah, right and then they've brought in Dwight Howard again, who, um, yeah, Lake Lakers. Lake, now it's weird. Yeah, yeah I don't know how it's gonna all work out. Yeah, Dwight's his, never been liked anywhere he goes. Yeah, so. and his lot. Uh, well, that started with him him moving to the Lakers. You know, he was actually yeah. he was okay. Like you know, obviously Orlando Dwight was was a big part of the league, and then he moved to the Lakers, and that's when it all started to fall apart a little bit for Dwight, and he's back yeah. there, and may- maybe it's the second coming, you know, he's going back there with it, obviously a lot less baggage than when he came in as as one of the stars of the league, MVP kind of level stuff, so yeah, I, I just, I, I would have a lot more trust in the Clippers right now. Um, they're young, they're obviously the two guys that they've got as their front their front two are younger, Um and and they're uh, they're less injury prone. Kawhi's obviously had one major in- that injury thing with the Spurs, whatever that was. But last year he was, they managed him through, and he played most of the season. You know they had that weird management thing where they let him have games off, but he never yeah. he never looked too hampered by it. And Paul George, it'll just be a question of his shoulders. But I still worry more about both LeBron and Anthony Davis than I do about Paul George at this stage. Absolutely. And I think, but I still think those two teams are probably the first two seeds in the West. Um, Clippers one, Lakers two. Um, Houston might be able to climb into it, but they're going to have to show me on the court before I'm going to commit to how good Houston's supposed to be with two guys who love handling the ball and, and creating their own shots and ISO ball and all that stuff. So we'll see with Russ and Harden if they can, if they can hang up at the top of the West. Yeah, well, that's going to be an interesting thing too, as you've got two of the last three league MVPs um, winning, who won them for two different teams now, now playing on the same team. Uh, and, and there's a little bit of the storyline of the, um, what could have been with the OKC Thunder back in 2012 as well with the team they yep. had together then. But yeah, with how their games have developed over the years, you know, Russ, obviously um, it never, it just didn't work at OKC for him to play the way he did. And, you know, there was a little period there where he, Paul George really was flourishing alongside him, but, you know, it never, it was seemed like a, seemed like a, a car crash waiting to happen because it just, it never seemed like it was sustainable um, because Russ was certainly just wasn't the player he was. And, uh, yeah, um, I am really intrigued by the James Harden Russ thing. I don't think it'll work as well as it, the Chris Paul thing did. Um, and that was obviously hampered by the fact that Chris Paul just couldn't stand the floor. But um, mm. when Chris Paul was out there, I think he was a really he actually worked out to be a better foil for James Harden um, and the, and the Rockets at, at 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 large a lot better than I thought it was going to work out when he originally ended up there. And and I think that's where the Rockets may have possibly missed a window there. Yeah, um, I mean, I, again, I'll just have to see it. I 
I don't really know how it's going to look off off the top, but the, I don't think they have quite enough to hang with either LA team or even arguably the Warriors right mm-hmm. now. Because I, th- I, I do think Steph is going to have an MVP-like year when he has to carry the team. And he's a multiple... He's won multiple MVPs before they had KD. And um, I think him and Draymond will be perfect together. <laughs> um, I think I think the Describe Warriors will beer. surprise some people. Surprise some people uh, this year. So, yeah. I mean that's uh, uh, that. Well, I was going to get to that, and that, um, yeah, um, Steph, this is going to be a really fun year. Um, as basketball fans, uh, you know. I've often said to you that basketball is one of those sports that I really just enjoy because I can be fans of players. And obviously, I'm a Blazers fan. I do. There's players around the league I don't like, but Steph is a guy I really respect. Um, and the Warriors, as much of lo- as I've loved to hate them over the years, and I was always on the Cleveland side of the of the fence when it came to those finals. Just because I, I do enjoy LeBron, but I never never begrudged like the Warriors were just. Um, and I guess I, I was thinking about this earlier. I wanted to bring it up in the pod. We'd be remiss in just not taking a moment to. To acknowledge, because the Warriors are not going to be the team they were for the last five years. You know, they've made five finals in a row. Um, we just got to acknowledge how great that run was. Um, that it was, was certainly ever- the most fun fun era of basketball I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Just the way they played. Just That's the kind of basketball I like that. Just, like, just passing and just fast and just daggers left and right. It's just so opposite of kind of like the LeBron Harden of like bash into the lane throw up a shot and get fouled and go to the line or you know bash into people and dunk over them which you know a lot of people like but that's just i like the smoother you know my favorite player growing up was jason williams he's a great passer mm. um so it, those, those teams were just some of the most fun i've had watching basketball even though they knocked out the blazers year after year yeah yeah we had to watch them um, destroy the blazers there was a there's that one playoff where the Blazers got, a, I think, maybe one win, and that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, a good and, one. and there was a couple of great games yeah. in there, but yeah, last year they really, they really did destroy the Blazers pretty well. And um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted. It, it really is just we are going to look back, and you know, whenever history, whenever we're looking back on the history books, whether it be in ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years, this period of um, NBA will be remembered as a game-changing point in the history of the league and the Warriors will be front and center of that and they'll go down in the annals of the history of the NBA as one of the great teams, one of the great coach teams, one of the teams that had some iconic players. You know, Steph <coughs> Steph, and the way they've played basketball have, has changed the game of basketball and we've seen teams trying to catch up or try to counter it with just what they've got through the old, you know, but a lot of people say, you know, LeBron has struggled because he's his style of play with the guys that he puts around him just can't isn't conducive to playing against the Warriors and that's been really apart from that one season they you know and that and that's going to be another part of interesting part of history is how the Warriors could have easily had five titles in a row if they mm. wanted them but the, you know the the crazy 2016 finals and then last year obviously just fell apart at the end with injuries and and just running yeah. into a hot Toronto which is just what happens when you when mm-hmm. you put together five years of basketball like that, but we should also appreciate the fact that they did win five Western Con- conferences in a row, and they to play basketball like that year to year to year because we always say LeBron's impressiveness over that run of what, making seven or eight finals in a row was just the fact he could play that much basketball year in year out. The Warriors did the same thing for five years in a row, 
Steph did it, Clay mm. did it, um, Durant was there for three of those years, um, Draymond, you know, all these guys mm-hmm. played a lot of basketball at a high level for a long time and they got three titles out of those five years that they went to the finals. So, yeah, just got to yeah. appreciate, you know, you know, take a drink for the Warriors because they're not going to be the <laughs> yeah. same. They're not going to be the same team this year. It, it remains to be seen where they're at. But um, unfortunately, with Clay out and Durant obviously moving on, Steph is taking the wheel. And that will be a fun part just to see Steph finally. Um, he's going to have to put up some big numbers to to keep them competitive. Um, interesting mm-hmm. to see how his body holds up as well. Another guy that's had some injury issues over the years. Um, he's he obviously I was really worried about him at the start of his career just to go back years and years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think glass ankles was a term used uh, <laughs> semi regularly about him um, before they even went on this run for the titles. So somehow he got it together and and has stayed you know he's an MVP and and been pretty consistent. But yeah, he's another guy that will have to stay fit and uh, and he he could win an MVP this year if it all goes right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll just remember him as the best shooting backcourt of all time. And the dynasties, well, the dynasty might be over, but they're not done playing together. And it'll just be a memorable. It's just fun to watch those guys shoot. So hopefully Clay comes back at some point. Um, who knows where the Warriors will be? I still think they're a top five team in the West with the addition of D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green still, and Seth. So we'll see. Yeah, and that's going to be another fun part is that D'Angelo Russell was in, you know, all-star last year with the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, I guess you can say that's the other side of the the coin with all these free agent moves and players choosing their own destinations is D'Angelo Russell was an all-star with the Nets and just got shafted. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, uh, and but he gets to go to a team with championship pedigree. So it's well, that's it. probably you, a better move for him. But we'll see if he can – I mean, this is his third team and he's only been in the league for – what five years or so? I don't know. Yeah, well, I I call I I give him a mulligan on the third team thing with the fact that he was under under the uh, the the wise own wise running of the Lakers by Magic Johnson and Co. yeah, so yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm not going to blame him for that move. Uh, everything failing, but just the the obviously he proved to the Lakers why they probably should have maybe worked with him a little bit more with how he how he played for the Nets last year, and but it maybe he. Maybe that was his ceiling. Who knows? We just got to see what he does at the the um, Warriors this year. But he will certainly get his chances because they are, you know, not nearly as nearly as strong as they have been in the previous years um, with Durant moving on and and Clay obviously being injured, um, which is a shame because Clay's one of, certainly one of the one of the fun players in the league to watch and a fantasy player on your team. So double double blow yeah, there. That was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. Go on. The next, I, the next group I just have is a, a collection of teams that I just don't really – they could make the playoffs and they could be as high as the five seed, you know, with the Jazz, um, uh, the Mavericks with Luka Doncic and Porzingis. I think they're going to make some noise this year. Obviously, Oklahoma City is going to fall out of the playoff picture, so somebody has to fill in that, that role. Um, and other than that, I don't know, the Spurs, can they hang on? Um, the Kings will be fun to watch. Minnesota, you know, can they finally figure it out up there? There's just a bunch, there's a handful of teams that you just don't really know what to do with because you don't know what version of them you're going to get. Um, does Mike Conley really swing things in Utah? I don't know. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, Utah's the. It seems to be the fun hipster team to just just jump on and just and like last year, everyone wanted them to be the. T- the I think everyone last year thought they could possibly challenge the Warriors and and never got close. So yeah, I I I don't know how my, Mike Conley swings that because then you've still got yeah I I whether it's just the, the just the anti I don't know why I just never like watching the utah jazz that much to be honest which may be just a personal thing for me i don't know extremely racist crowd yeah that might be part of it right in their arena yeah yeah um so i'm just i'm just not hot on them um obviously uh i love donovan mitchell so as as a basketball fan um but but you know he, he had his ups and downs last year and yeah certainly working mike conley into that offense um it's not. It, people always think when you're adding a guy, it's automatically going to make you better. But then you've got to you've got to minute minute shares are an important thing in the NBA, and you've you've got to find his minutes are going to be taken away from someone else's. Um, yeah, obviously, I think if they can keep Mitchell Conley and Rudy Gobert a fit all year, they're going to be good. They'll be in the they'll be in the playoffs easily. Um, where they fit in that because it's going to be a bloodbath as far as where wins come from and. And it will depend on which teams just are consistent from the start, I think, as to where the where the break the breakdown comes from. Because if you start off slow while you're trying to gel, that might that might just drop your win total that little bit where you drop into the four five six rather than being in the three four five or two three four. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, you mentioned the Dallas Mavericks. That one's going to be the interesting one for me to watch because uh, you know it's going to be fun watching the Euro duo and and seeing where that yeah. where that where that ends up. Um, Doncic obviously had a fantastic year last year. Um, a guy that I don't think anyone expected to be, um, he, I mean, he's a top, you know, he's, he's a high draft pick, but I don't, I just, how good he was. And, um, right away. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, had a, had to and big just with Perzingis, I mean, I think people forget how good Perzingis was before he got hurt. He was having a great year with New York. And then, you know, there's been a lot of, off the court shit and stuff like that um, with him, and so I think people have just forgot how dominant he can be on the court. So I think that'll be a really good duo. Whether it, they're both super young, so I don't know if it's going to be enough to. I think they would be a playoff team if they're in the East, but <laughs> I don't know in the yeah. West because you have other upstart teams like Sacramento who also, you know, threatened buddy, to make the playoffs last buddy. year. Buddy, yeah, I'm more of a De'Aaron Fox guy, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just love Buddy Hill. Um, I think he's yeah. such a fun player to watch, and and uh, um, it'll be interesting to see if um, he's he because he's a big shooter, and um, in a league that is uh, you know, obviously we we're just talking about the Warriors. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he can develop and remain being a shooter like his. Um, you know, guys like Steph and Clay, those guys have separated mm. themselves by being consistent and um. And you look back to our Blazers as well. You know those guys. You know being a being a good shooter is one thing. Being able to do it um, time and time again in clutch situations and all that kind of thing. So Sacramento for them, yeah, they'll be looking. You know, De'Aaron Fox as well, and and uh, and they've got an interesting team up there. Um, I think Harrison Barnes, as well. like just an interesting squad there that that could could be uh, certainly in the playoff picture if they get everything right. But I think they'd be on that bubble or in that seven, eight, nine, ten spot. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's there's places obviously OKC fall out. Uh, Phoenix aren't going to be a factor. Um, neither are Memphis, I don't think so. But everything above that, you know, the Spurs, um, I, I I would expect maybe they finally 
they finally fall out this year. But at the same time, you got you know you got a Popovich coach team with some some veterans. They down always there. make it. Yeah, they yeah. just you know they they one of those rare cases where the coach. Plus, you know, having guys like Lamarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills and stuff like that, just a, just a plucky team. Um, so it's going to be a bloodbath. There is going to be some good teams that finish in the nine ten spot that mm-hmm. um, that will have better records than the guys that are making the playoffs in the East for sure. Which has been the case, been the case for the last few years, and unfortunately, will be the case again this year. Um, when you when you just want to see the best teams playing playoff basketball, and you and you could potentially see a team. Like Sacramento or Dallas playing pretty good, pretty good basketball, miss out in the playoffs. So, yeah, definitely. If you had to pick an NBA Finals right now, six days before the season, oh, uh, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Milwaukee from the East, um, just because I real I believe in Giannis and I think he like that team would have learned a lot last year. But um, you know, it'll be a good six, seven game series against the Sixers. And it might just depend who finishes uh, in the top seed there as to who has home court and maybe just has a little bit easier run through the playoffs. From the West, oh. (laughs) Um, I'm just not going to say the Blazers because that's such a homer pick. I really do believe in them more (laughs) than anyone else does. Um, Yeah, Yeah. you just, just, like all things being equal and team staying fit, um, I just can't see a way past the Clippers. Um, you know, I think they're going to be the, it, like I said, all teams staying fit, that's what you're working on. Um, yeah. And certainly the fact that I think they're going to be more of a chance to stay fit than the Lakers. Uh, the Warriors, unfortunately, I think we just, just won't have enough to quite be as dominant as they have been, obviously, the last five years winning the Western Conference. So, yeah, you could say just say Clippers, Clippers Bucks as an early, early, probably going to be wrong pick because no one actually knows, but, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, I, uh, that was going to be my pick as well because those are obviously the teams I pick for both the top of the conferences. So if you're going to pick those at the top of the conference, might as well say they're going to they're going to win the uh, win their respective conferences. But I do think the Sixers pose a huge threat to the Bucks' chances this year, and in the West, who knows? But the Clippers right now just seem, and you know who know who really knows what's going to happen with Paul George in his shoulders you know he could always have a setback or he could play the best basketball of his career alongside a guy who's definitely already doing that and they could the Clippers could get quite a second straight title yeah yeah and that'll be that'll be an interesting story to discuss in NBA history is like Kawhi's titles as he as he runs around the league just collecting him for whoever he plays for um yeah yeah and you know look you know it's, it's a homer pick but I, I just I still think the uh the Blazers are going to be better than everyone expects. And, um, you know, they, they got to the Western Conference Finals last year. Ob- obviously, just didn't do anything from there. Um, but I think they just ran out of steam. But, you know, I'm really... I hoping. mean, they had 20-point leads in the last three games. So Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, it just is such a weird weird factor that, yeah, train, drink, open the can again. Drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I completely forgot about that. And now the PTSD is coming back. Um yeah, and that's just an unfortunate factor. So the Blazers showed what they can do against one of the best teams. Obviously, the, the Warriors last year were were still pretty great. Um, so, and that'll depend on them getting a run together because they had a really good run last year that not many were expecting. But again, that's certainly capable again this year. Um, yep. MVPs. Uh, obviously, Giannis is the reigning. Um, 
Yeah. So it's straight, <laughs> straight in the discussion again. Yeah. Open one for the for the train. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's just hard for guys to win back to back MVPs anymore, or at least recently, um, with how many great players there are in the uh, <laughs> in the in the league. Uh, I could easily see Kawhi Kawhi getting it. Um, if he leads the Clippers to the top seed in the West in, you know, a loaded conference, um, that'd be cool. That'd be cool to see because Kawhi, I think, has played, um, played like the best player in the league for a long time. So for him to get recognized, but Giannis, obviously, if he can keep evolving, he's gonna have to have a better season than he did last year, I think, because a lot of people think Harden should have got it last year. So he's gonna have to keep improving and all that. Yeah. Um, stuff it, it is a wide open race um especially with anthony davis playing in a in a system that might really benefit his skills yeah and that and that's um uh, certainly anthony davis is one i brought up i can't remember if it was off pod or on pod to you earlier but um i just you know if anthony davis can actually put together a season that he plays you know because a couple of years ago when he was really playing good basketball for new orleans he was in the, in the discussion at least uh, just as one of those names thrown up there so as soon as you're in that discussion with uh, riders and all that kind of thing, um, it does help your case already. Um, he's obviously playing in the big market of LA, the Lakers mm. now, and and if he can put together a game a season where he plays seventy games minimum, which that, yeah. that's the challenge in itself for Anthony Davis, um, but play seventy games at a high level, um, which is pushing the Lakers up towards that top four, at least in the in the Western Conference, and naturally he's going to be in the discussion and. I think that would be actually a pretty strong case for him if he is playing good basketball at that level for that longevity of the season. So, but that's that's a big if for Anthony Davis, unfortunately. Mm. And it was always the big thing in New Orleans is that you know this guy is putting up MVP numbers and looks like an MVP, but his team just isn't winning. So if he does that with the Lakers, they'll be winning, and that'll be a big deal. He'll return the Lakers to glory even more so than LeBron had has done in his one year there. So. I could easily see it going that way, but um, it's going to kind of be a battle for LA. And if if Kawhi brings you know brings the exact same game he had in Toronto, then that'll be stiff competition for AD. And then obviously Giannis reigning. And we haven't even mentioned Harden yet, but uh, we both we kind of touched on it earlier. With I don't know how the touches are going to work there, and how how those two are just going to work together in Houston. Um, will Will he see a decrease in his stats? I don't know. I think I think with Harden, I think it's almost inevitable that he will see a decrease if Russ is going to get the anywhere close to the number. Like that, certainly Russ isn't going to be a player he was in OKC because he is going to have to see the ball to Harden a bit. But they're still going to want to get Russ his touches because otherwise, Russ, it's not. It's going to be it. The Houston thing is interesting because it does have the it does have the potential to him just completely implode if it doesn't go right. Because if Russ gets sulky because he isn't getting nearly the touches he thinks he should get, um, and obviously Harden, then he's going to have to cede touches to Russ. And you know maybe both of them are getting good points games, but neither of them are getting the games they were going to get. So they they might both think that they they're ceding the MVP to each other when they're actually just taking each other out of the race and as far as the MVP race goes, that could just hurt Houston as a whole. So I, 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 I 
I think Houston will go okay, but I, I think there could be a few more problems there. That, um, and it, and and does have the potential to go just completely into the shitter. Yeah, uh, they both can average a triple double. It's just not possible. <laughs> so somebody's game is going to have to change because that's what makes both those guys so effective is that they do everything. But maybe I think Harden works better with a point guard that's like Chris Paul, who doesn't have to do everything. So again. My catchphrase. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and in the name that I always would love to see one day in the, and, and again, a homer pick, but Damian Lillard often. <laughs> yeah. He's a shadow. He's a shadow one that comes into the talk here and there from, you know, if you deep dive podcasts and stuff, you know, he occasionally gets brought up as like, why don't we talk about this guy? But, you know, he's he, he'll never be in the MVP discussion, unfortunately. I see his numbers are so fucking great, but he's going to have to pump them up again, especially in the way the, the, you know, I mean, Giannis, how dominant he is. And then Harden has his years where he's, you know, the year he won it, he was scoring, you know, the triple doubles he gets and the points he scores. You know, Lillard's never going to be that player. So, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, Giannis, is is anyone else in the East a chance? It's Giannis and... Because Simmons isn't going to put up, put up the numbers. Embiid isn't the kind of player that's going to be an MVP candidate. So, really, there's no one else in Kyrie. the East. Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as Kyrie. I said... Kyrie, yeah. Kyrie isn't the kind of player that puts up those numbers anymore either. He hasn't had, he can, he has occasional forty-point games, but he just doesn't, doesn't. If he's having a forty-point game, he isn't. Um, you know, Harden does the fifty-point triple-double kind of stuff. Kyrie's never going to be that player either. So, yeah, I can't see it. You know, I, I, and again, as I said earlier in the pod, Kemba Walker's the right player, or right probably over Kyrie. So, and he's not going to be in the discussion either. So. It's Giannis versus the field in the West, I think, for the MVP. I yeah, I'll, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's just a very, very, uh, just agreeable end to the pod there. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we don't have a lot to work with yet, so. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what the preview pod is. It's all if buts and maybes, and and likely going to be wrong ease at <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, it's often what happens is we'll look back on this in the in six months and go, oh Jesus Christ, um, we didn't realize the Phoenix Suns were going to be a playoff. No, that's, <laughs> that's not yeah. going to happen. But um, uh, otherwise, yeah, there's but a lot. There's Steph a lot. winning the MVP is possible. It's a dark horse right now. So yeah, we I touched mean, on that earlier. But yeah, especially uh, him having the pedigree he does as an MVP um, winner, and then the Warriors history and then the fact that everyone will look, you know, if he does carry this team through and, and, and put them above their projected win totals and whatever with his play, then that always helps. When you can carry a team to be better than what everyone expected, because Giannis, you know, the Bucks weren't probably expected to be quite as good as they were last year. And Giannis, excel, Giannis put them above that, that plane and that's what helps. Whereas, you know, Harden just carried on with what they did and it was an old, old news. So, you know, part of the MVP story is is something that is a story. So, you know, it will depend on what the biggest story of the year is. If it is Steph carrying that team through to be a lot better than what people think, then that'll mm-hmm. that'll be a big case for him. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite jersey? Just to throw a curly one at you. <laughs> There's been a lot of good well, ones coming out. I haven't seen um, all of them yet, obviously. Uh, I do know the ones that were on, that the Clippers are wearing on the cover of Sports Illustrated are terrible. 
GTA uniforms is what I'm calling them. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually, I don't, I don't mind them, but uh, that could you be. Know, you love GTA. So. Yeah. <laughs> the G- I think they're terrible. I think they're corny. Yeah, the GTA uniforms is actually a great, great analogy <laughs> and probably why I like them so much. So, um, not uh, my, not my favorite ones of the year, but yeah, certainly. Um, uh, I did see that. The Warriors will have, and again, I haven't seen a lot of them, but I saw the Warriors are going to have a San Francisco throwback that with white with like a gold trim and red and blue that are just perfect. Yeah, they're going to be, yeah, yeah, fan of the Blazers fiftieth uh, one. Fifth, uh, they're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be buying one of those. Um, yeah. It's cool to see there's a lot of throwback ones like um, Denver going to have their yeah their throwback ones. Um, Toronto are bringing back the the Raptor one, so. Yeah. Those are obviously some of the best of all time. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn have an interesting city edition one. I'm not sure I'm a fan of it, but it's like BKLY. Yeah, it's I, like like and, I thought and those were corny too. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're like, they're marketing, some of them they're marketing for kids a little bit more, especially those Los Angeles ones. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just like what clothes look like 15 years ago. Like, at like <laughs> stories, like I random jersey with that font and it would say like a city name or like say brooklyn or something yeah and just have a random number on it yeah no you're not actually that far wrong from like it's like the (laughs) it was a weird time when it was like all the fubu things and stuff like that yeah oh yeah i definitely had some fubu jerseys yeah i i had yeah it was cool at the first school i was at and then then when i changed schools people like what is that and i was like oh yeah i'm at a private christian school now this is terrible yeah yeah it was uh not my best era but i was in, in elementary school and i liked hip-hop so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what they wore <laughs> yeah just fubu fubu jumpers and bucket hats yeah oh i i'm still a proponent of bucket hats oh yeah yeah you got to. yeah um yeah i think that's about that i mean we're <laughs> we're pretty much wrapped up on the pod i'm like super excited that we it's good that we got this one out of the way because i in the sense well that, honestly like there's Next week, there will only be a few games in when we record. So, because yeah. I think it kicks off next Tuesday, and I know the Blazers don't tip off until Wednesday, and I'm sure a lot of teams are like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we no. won't have much to talk about, so we can continue the preview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll be able to do first impressions and then get back to talking about some. What I'm, insu- I'm sure we might have some things to talk about because, uh, yeah, this is the only pod we're going to be recording this week because, um, yeah, we're just busy, but, um, yeah, just nix the NFL stuff and all that because it just there was some there was some interesting stuff that happened there, but you know we'll get to back to that next week or the week after. Um, yeah, I'm just bored by the NFL right now. I don't <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. It just seems like we're no, like on... it's, it's it's in kind of like like obviously NFL season shorter than baseball, but it's in that kind of that middle season. Uh, don't part. get me started on baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's in that middle season part where you just you're just not sure. Like you you you're starting to see some separation, but then you're just not sure where it's going to end up because it's still just such a long way to the end of the season. So it's just a weird time in the league. Jimmy G versus Brady Super Bowl, lock yeah, it in. Everyone's locking that one in. I I still just I'm not quite there yet. I think yeah, I think they're good, but yeah. And uh, as as much as my uh, my uh, uh, trepidation about the Patriots too. But anyway, we're not doing that this week. We're not doing it. <laughs> they'll be fine the, the Patriots have my Jets this week and I think your Jets I think they're favored by two touchdowns yeah now that you got Sam Donald back from Mono they are unbeatable 
Sam Darnold MVP. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. One and zero start the season over. Yeah, well, you know, Phoenix Suns have more chance of playing making the playoffs, so. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, now that Shay's angry with me because I'm dissing, <laughs> dissing his Jets because he's officially adopting them now, finally. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to raise my Guinness to Joe Namath, the only one that can outdrink me, and uh, we'll go... I mean, let's just stay sportsgasmic. That's about it. I could care less about how the Jets are playing. <laughs>